The Water Values Podcast, Session 160. Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now here's your host, Dave McGimsey. Hello and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my daughter Sarah said, my name is Dave McGimsey and thanks so much for joining me. We have a fantastic program for you today. We have Jeff Keitlinger, Celine Namdar, and Reese Tisdale for a panel discussion on the 2019 year in water. They're also going to offer some insights as to what's coming and what to keep an eye on in 2020. Before we get there, though... A little bit of housekeeping as we normally do. First, uh, if you've rated and reviewed the podcast this year, thank you so much. Please leave, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever podcast directory you're listening on. Thank you so much. Second uh, item of housekeeping, uh, next year starts a new era for the Water Values Podcast. We're going to have some sponsors. They are market-leading companies. I can't wait to unveil them for you. It's going to be exciting, and I really appreciate the support these sponsors are providing. It allows the podcast to go on, so look forward to next uh, next January uh, where our sponsors will be unveiled, and we're going to kick off the year with a bang with George Hawkins as our guest. Uh, also, I want to... Th- give a big shout out to Lydia McWhirter. Lydia is, uh, has been a little anonymous because she does all the graphic designs on the images that we've used over the years. And uh, she is just a wonderful person. And I want to acknowledge how thankful I am for her support and her uh, providing all the graphic design work for the water values podcast. If you need graphic design work, Lydia is awesome to work with. She's a great, again, just a great person, a real believer in the water industry. So if you need graphic design work, please consider using Lydia because she is just terrific. She has a web presence. You can find her on the web at Lydia That's L Y D I A M C W H E R com. That's Lydia McWhorter.com or just Google her and you'll find her stuff. She's great. With that, let's get on to this fantastic panel discussion again with Jeff Keitlinger of Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, Celine Namdar of Cisco Systems and their smart cities uh, and water initiatives, as well as Reese Tisdale, president of Bluefield Research. So let's fasten your seatbelts, open the valves, and here we go. Well, Jeff, Celine, Reese, welcome to the Water Values Podcast. It's great to have you on for the 2019 year in review. How how are you all doing? (laughs) Yeah, it's great to have you all. Uh, You bet. Uh, Reese, I want to start with you. I want to ask and kind of probe into what your takeaways for 2019 were in the water sector. Yeah, so your timing is pretty good. Completely, well, pretty sure what's happened this past year. I mean, generally, we're going through trends that we've got right now, trying to wrap things up ourselves. And the biggest stories or takeaways from the year, but I mean, what's happened in the news and also what sort of uh, insights or clients are asking about. Um, I think, in brief, like, so I'm just going to list here. And one is water quality. Like, well, that's broad. I think the bigger. I think maybe the biggest news item this year from our plate is the, the I would say the uh, 
contaminants of emerging concerns how to deal with it with these contaminants like PFAS. Things like that is sort of picking up the once again what has been going for some time is how to deal with the lead and we're seeing investments in companies in that space and trying to figure out how to deal with that. Uh, secondly, um, and it's one thing that I definitely talk about this a little bit more from Hurricane, that is the digital buzz, you know, the role of digital solutions in water is uh, continues, uh, although more recently in Q4 there's been what I would step back might be a little bit strong, that is what happened with Fathom uh, and it's going back over the last couple months, and what does that mean for the digital infrastructure? So does that in fact elevate the role of platform companies um, and their ability to withstand the ups and downs of market vaccinations? Another, you know, the bigger concern definitely on the utility side and just the infrastructure as a whole is how do you pay for this? The system's not getting any younger by the day. And, you know, that I prioritize what's happening. I think, you know, one of the things, you know, infrastructure week seems to be bust, right? That, that's, that hasn't happened. So, you know, the economy is good, jobs are up. So, how do we stimulate investment into the water sector? Where's that money going to come from? It's not going to come from rates. You know, we've seen that this rising about, you know, four and a half percent a year over the last five to six years. So, where's the, where's the money going to come to address aging infrastructure? As well as addressing resiliency as a whole, that's a very positive discussion in broad the needs of your address and prioritizing it. And then, another thing, this is something that Dave, you and I have talked about, and I guess my last takeaway, and that is, is there going to be a recession? You know, the tariffs have been in place, and the industrial sector has been feeling some pains. From, from the productivity point and the impact of China and global markets. But also, what does that mean for municipalities and cities? And what will be the financial impact on capital expenditures, but also operating expenditures? And I would say, from our perspective, what does that mean for the supply chain? So, yeah, in a brief, you know, those are basically five takeaways water quality, digital, how are you going to pay for all this? Impact of recession, and then I think they talk about resiliency. So those are things that are coming our way. Yeah. And I think I'll replay that very nicely, but I'll remember the big challenges. I'll start with the KCIC is kind of a water manager in the West, Metropolitan Water District. We serve 19 million people, and our big sources are the Sierra Mountains for supply and the Colorado River, Rocky Mountains, Watershed. And we look at resiliency that last topic you hit with and adaptation to climate change. Actually, how are those states and federal government going to? How do we adapt to infrastructure? We bring the changes at the local. We're doing our job in California, but the federal, we the Bay Area utilities. But at some point, we're going to need some state and federal government to step in and logically figure out how to get Place and as well as um, all these um, 
challenges such as aging infrastructure and what's happening with climate change and population growth and Holocaust um, maintaining operating facilities has um, really um, uh, made several utilities think about um, how their operations can uh, be more efficient and uh, more effective um, using digital technology. Um, what we're seeing is that in many, uh, many of our customers, uh, the two worlds of IT and OT, which used to be very separate, are kind of colliding into each other. Um, and so, uh, you know, as they get ready for the digital journey to be able to do more um, with less, basically, um, be able to leverage the infrastructure that they currently have and um, really use digital technology to be able to uh, have more insight and uh, make better business decisions based on visibility um, into the infrastructure. One thing that's interesting, I mean, is when you mentioned, you know, IT, OT, and this risk convergence, if you will. What's interesting is to see when we look at the companies and what's happening, you know, we, we look at hundreds and hundreds of companies, you know, with digital solutions, right? Some of them are on their own can come here and come through emerging startups. And the disclosed one thing that does come up for us is the role of, of platforms and then being able to scope it in that space where you've already got a solution to other industries and can you use that and apply a lot of that to the water structure and apply so yeah. the solutions are because you know I think the challenge is with all these because kind of have to rebuild the house to or rehabilitate the house while living in it is one thing I like to say a lot and that's that's the you're probably you're on the front lines of that given what you guys are doing. Exactly. So what it means is that basically all the connectivity and cybersecurity that has existed in the IT realm. Basically, ball needs to be extended, that same fabric needs to be extended to the OT ball to be able to support um, all of these IT use cases and um, basically the digital fabric of operations. And so, um, so that's, that's kind of where we see uh, having a very strong foundation, uh, building a strong foundation that. Um, uh, it's going to allow all of these different use cases to come to life is absolutely critical. And top of mind is cybersecurity. As soon as you open up your systems, as soon as uh, you remove the silos, and then as soon as you're bringing connectivity to the outside world, what's happening is that you're also opening yourself to um, all kinds of hooks. Uh, and so, um, and, and with water being such an important um, aspect for communities um, and being truly a public health issue, it's absolutely critical um, to have a very, very strong foundation that um, basically puts cybersecurity at the top of that. Yeah, so I'm curious in your your take on that, Jeff, in terms of how utilities are dealing with cybersecurity. I mean, what what's what do you see as the current landscape out there for utilities? We certainly enjoyed the connectivity we have and the streamlining that this made of our operations. We used to have to have so many phone calls and really coordination before we deliver water 
having the right data and having the right insight. Risa, how does that, you know, kind of this, the climate and the technology, what are you seeing, you know, market-wide from Bluefield Research's perspective? Um, So when it comes to climate, I mean, we mentioned stormwater, so following that throughout a little bit. From my perspective, it's it's a white-based opportunity for us to have companies. Um, That's a question that's come up a lot, particularly when it comes to resiliency. And that is the role of, I mean, Yeah, and and I think you guys are right. It all comes back to the dollars, right? So, uh, and that gets into rates because the infrastructure you're putting in, the technology you're deploying, uh, and the resiliency you're building all all requires money. And affordability, water equity, uh, has become a, a real hot topic over the last uh, 18, 24 months. Uh, what are what are some of the strategies we're seeing out there? Um, you know, for example, you know, Jeff, what's going on in a uh, metropolitan system from a water affordability standpoint? Yeah, well, as a water wholesaler, we've been working closely with our retailers to try and make sure we are keeping it as affordable as best we can while continuing to maintain our infrastructure. What we did uh, about a decade ago, I mean, out of the seeing how a lot of adaptations changed them.
Got it. So, Lynn, what are you seeing um, from a, a water equity, water affordability standpoint out in the market? Yeah, so we have come across uh, programs for, you know, programs that um, are called low-income payment programs uh, that help folks who may need um, some assistance with their water bills. And, um, and so, you know, there are many agencies who have that program in place. And um, so that's kind of, that's one of the, um, Yeah, I, I think that rate design you you identified is fascinating. Uh, I, I I could see some of the financial people, uh, you know, having conniptions over uh, really projecting out what that's going to do to the revenue requirement. Um, just interesting stuff in terms of 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 planning for infrastructure, dealing with climate change, you know, regionalism, collaboration, consolidation in the industry is always one of the the, the ways to help uh, folks get more efficient. Um, I, I'm just kind of curious, you know, like, Solen, do you have any thoughts what you're seeing out there and, and how uh, consolidation is is progressing to make utilities more efficient and, and how they're how they're leveraging those those economies of scale to gain efficiencies? Yeah, I 
absolutely. So, so there's definitely a financial benefit in doing that, you know, when they consolidate. And one of the things that we're doing on the technology side is actually sending of networks that do more than one thing. Uh, so, for example, for sending up a network to uh, to do water metering, um, you know, it would be great if we can also do fast uh, electricity to that, you know, using the same infrastructure. So, um, so we see that more and more in the small cities realm, where uh, usually different um, kinds of silos um, exist for different kinds of services. Uh, and domains and how we can bring them all together, um, not only for efficiencies, uh, but also um, as far as, um, you know, kind of cross-domain integration. And so um, we absolutely see that trend when it comes to uh, smart cities deployments. Do you, do you see that dictated at the city level? Who's, who's sort of other than Cisco and, and partners doing it? Who is the Yeah, that's a great question. And it really varies from city to city, but usually there needs to be some kind of a leadership uh, endorsement. There needs to be some kind of sponsorship, executive sponsorship, and it could be basically um, at the mayor level or it could be at the city manager level or sometimes, uh, you know, when cities have really strong innovation officers that are truly trying to take the city to the next level in their digital journey, um, they would be basically uh, the champions of this kind of a thinking process. So, absolutely. So, very seamless in your city, but definitely some kind of leadership. So, so Jeff, Southern California is kind of the poster child for regionalism, for at least from, uh, you know, you're you're the largest water wholesaler around. Uh, Do you have any any thoughts on overcoming uh, objections to either consolidation or regional cooperation? I mean, what uh, how how are utilities going to achieve that that type of regionalism and collaboration needed uh, to attain these efficiencies? regionalism and interdependence are mainly out of necessity because we just simply don't have the natural resources to support the 19 million people in Southern California who have been supporting the resources of the first and foremost water. What I find that important is that in 2019, I think the year in recap, we had a real breakthrough on the Colorado River where for the first time, Arizona, Nevada, and California reached agreements on how to share deeper shortages and for the first time ever, California agreed to step up and share shortages on the river. Understanding that we're all interconnected on this river and we all have to stand even though California has stronger legal priorities in the river system than the other state, we set those up. And just this month in December, I would add also that one of the um, 
specific regional programs that we're getting involved in is um, the Lake Erie algae bloom um, issue, which is, you know, absolutely a regional challenge. Uh, it impacts most of the cities and um, states and Canada even in the North End. And so um, there's a whole group of stakeholders that have come together uh, to look at this challenge from a regional perspective. And, you know, and the solution um, is going to have an impact. Um, it's going to basically help many different communities that are being touched by this problem. So definitely some great things happening in the, um, in the marketplace. Yeah, yeah. And, and what about what about cross uh, utility um, convergence? You know, I think you know. Reese and I, you, you, we have talked about you know uh, the EverSource acquisition of Aquarian. Uh, we've talked about some other deals in in the sector where either gas or electrics are acquiring water. We've kind of seen some that are potentially going the other way with uh, with American and Aqua both bidding for Jacksonville. Uh, what what do you see out there in terms of uh, how, how you know are, are water utilities going to be open to these uh, these cross utility uh, this cross utility convergence? Well, I would say we're definitely seeing that. And I think you listed a couple. You know, you saw Aqua; they actually bought acquired people, so that's a water large water utility going the other way to acquire gas. Uh, Um, because they, I think they see 
writing on the wall about difference to between about you know where they're trying to get out of the system as a financial investor. It's impact as they were seeing a number of the smaller systems. So you know central states and Missouri they've been expanding. So it's happening to round it out and maybe something. We don't see the direct energy there on that, you know, the small city approach to this point. Uh, we will see that, I think, going forward um, because there are a lot of stakeholders that can some things a little wide play out. But, you know, we're seeing and as a whole, you know, we're on track to 115 to 130 acquisitions of systems this year, according to our data. Wow. Wow, Jeff. Any thoughts on on this cross utility convergence um, from your from your perspective down in Southern California? I think there's some real opportunities and synergies as compared to sort of a one water approach. California, we have such a business structure, and we tie ourselves up with so many complicated rules on shipping and nexus between which rate is used for which service. So, Len, from from your systems perspective, what do you what, what kind of synergies uh, and and the, can this can this convergence bring us? I mean, are, are, do you think the the opportunities there to to gain a lot of efficiencies? Yeah, absolutely. So, when these convergences can happen, um, they actually bring an opportunity to scale. Uh, you know, whereas if they're uh, in a smaller outfit, it's a little bit more difficult to scale, especially on a regional basis. So there's definitely, you know, great opportunities, especially as we go to um, uh, go through the digital uh, journey, um, you know, the society um, and the marketplace, you know, those kinds of convergences can be very, very helpful for scaling purposes. I want to kind of bring this to a head here in terms of, uh, based on what you've seen in 2019, Reese, what, what, what are you looking forward to in 2020? And so seeing how 
companies to across that divide. I think the end of the year, um, like I started off with, you know, with Adam going bust. You know, that's not, I would say, the end of the world. It's a reminder of what utilities, the end users, uh, are, are looking for. They don't want necessarily complexity. They want things that work and things that last. And they want a reliable, trusted partner that's going to be around with them for a while. Um, you know, we just saw, uh, I think it was just yesterday or uh, the other day, that Enterprise just acquired the imagine. Uh, so there's some M&A activity happening in that space. So what we're trying to figure out is, you know, who's going to make it and who's going to be uh, gobbled up by big fish. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so, so, Lynn, you had a little time to think about it. If when you're looking forward to 2020, what are what are some of the issues that you're going to keep an eye on? Yeah. So, you know, we are very excited about this space about you know digital water. We truly believe that um, it's a great way to stretch. Um, if our customers just trust their dollars further and also uh, be able to um, provide and ensure um, great water quality um, you know, for our communities. And, and just in general, it's, it's, a, it's a great way to tackle many of the challenges that we face. So, you know, Cisco is absolutely um, committed to this, um, to this business. And, you know, we look forward to working um, several more utilities in 2020 and be able to uh, stand up pilots for them and you know, be able to do proof of concept and hopefully move to scale. And I'm also looking forward to developing several new partnerships. You know, we really work uh, in tandem with our ecosystem partners. We have a very large uh, uh, group of uh, excellent partners that work with us in this space. And so, you know, we're constantly on the lookout for, uh, you know, fantastic teams and groups and products and services to add to all of them. So very much looking forward to next year. Great, great, and and Jeff, let's let's uh, finish up with you in terms of what what's on your radar for 2020. What we're trying to do is uh, really advance a couple of uh, regional partnerships in 2021. That is uh, one of the things that we've been doing. Terrific, terrific. Jeff, I'm going to stay with you for our last kind of final fun question of the day. And that I know from following you on Twitter, you're a big classic movie fan. Um, so if you can uh, can spend uh, a night with your family uninterrupted and watch one movie, what's that movie going to be? Well, I think my favorite movie is going to be a kid's film when they were young and they still find it on 
<laughs> That's a good one. Um, so Len, how about you? What, what movie you're going to, if, if you had to choose one movie to watch over the holidays, what are you going to watch? <laughs> so actually there's a movie, there's a documentary coming out uh, called Brave Blue World, which is, is about the world of water. And, you know, Matt Damon is one of the key people in that. You know, he owns, he, he's a co-founder of an organization called Water Without Work. And so, so you know, I'm really looking forward to um, hopefully staying up with, with my family. Um, to, you know, just being uh, kind of um, what the take is um, on what's happening with water quality. Awesome. Reese, we're going to end with you. What is... Uh... What what movie are you gonna watch if you had uh, your druthers? Awesome, awesome. Well, Jeff, Solen, Reese, thank you again. You guys have been absolutely fantastic sharing your thoughts on 2019, what to look forward to in 2020. I uh, really appreciate your time and your dedication to the water industry. So thank you so much. Have a great holiday and a fantastic 2020. Well, our panelists did just a phenomenal job. So thank you very much to Jeff Keitlinger of Metropolitan Water District, Solen Namdar of Cisco, and Reese Tisdale of Bluefield Research. Really appreciate the time they took to come on the podcast and discuss the 2019 year in water and to uh, provide their insights and kind of give us a preview of what we ought to be looking for in 2020. Well, what interested you about that episode? Uh, Please feel free to leave a comment on the show notes. You can get there at thewatervalues.com forward slash pod one six zero. You can tweet at me with uh, the hashtag water values at my handle, which is at DTM 1993. You can email me at David at the water And of course, you can sign up for the water values newsletter at the water Well, with that, I wish all of you a happy holiday season. I hope you're having a great one so far and we'll see you in 2020. So with that, Please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values Podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource, so please join me by going out into the world and acting like it. listening to the water values podcast thank you for spending some of your day with my dad and me well thank you for tuning in to the disclaimer i'm a lawyer licensed in indiana and colorado and nothing in this podcast should be taken as providing legal advice or as establishing an attorney-client relationship with you or with anyone else additionally nothing in this podcast should be considered a solicitation for professional employment I'm just a lawyer that finds water issues interesting and that believes greater public education is needed about water issues. And that includes enhancing my own education about water issues because no one knows everything about water.